description to the wicked in verses 1 through 4 of in verses 5 through 9. But now in verses 10 through 12, David comes to his specific plea, his petition in light of verses 1 through 9. Still captivated by God's steadfast love, David turns his admiration into a petition. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you. In other words, he prays, Lord, draw out your love, activate your love for me, as it were. The driving motive behind this petition is what we read in verse 11. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. Who are these people but the wicked David has already described back in verses 1 through 4? Clearly, these evildoers are not hypothetical. They're real, very real. But David, we see here, is not in despair. In verse 12, he sees with certainty the end that is coming for the wicked. They will lie fallen, he writes. Or more literally, they will be slammed down and unable to rise. But how is this? Well, it's because of God's unchanging, steadfast love. In love for his own, the Lord will fight for David and conquer David's enemies in total and in a permanent way. And this unshakable hope that we see in David, that David has in the steadfast love of God, is the same hope every child of God has in the Lord. And one very specific and well-known text of Scripture that teaches us this, where we see this, is Romans chapter 8. So turn there. Romans 8, and starting at verse 31, here is a great echo of Psalm 36 and David's certainty and David's hope in the steadfast love of God. Romans 8 and verse 31, Paul here is ascending the peak of this great mountain, as it were, that he has been expounding since the first chapter. What then shall we say to these things, these things, everything that has preceded, preceded Paul at this point? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That is a wonderfully rhetorical question. No one can be truly against you if God is for you. No one. No one can rob you. No one can take away from you what God has given you, what he's done for you in Christ in saving your soul, in redeeming you to the full. 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, which, by the way, would include the wicked, right? Which would include those people David talks about in the first four verses of Psalm 36. Nor anything else in all creation will be able to do what? Separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The steadfast love of God will never let you go. Never let you go. The steadfast love of God will keep you, guard you, protect you, and conquer all for you, his children, his people. That's the reason that David, at the end of Psalm 36, he he was looking through the lenses of uh, eschatological eyes. He was seeing the end. He was seeing the end. The end of his enemies. There, there the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down, slammed down, unable to rise. And that is the hope, and that is the certainty, and that is the confidence, not just of one of God's servants. That is the confidence and certainty of all of God's people through all the ages. Through all the ages. Because the steadfast love of God will keep us, will guard us, will provide all for us, the Lord's people. Do not take that covenant love for granted, my people. Do not take it for granted, ever. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, we marvel and we are astounded at your unchanging, boundless, astonishing, persevering love for your people. We thank you, blessed Father, 
that as you promise us, as you have guaranteed to us in your holy, infallible word, nothing in all of creation shall ever, shall ever be able to separate us from your love for us in Christ. And how we rejoice in this great, immutable promise. Indeed, blessed Father, we take our stand upon it. We thank you, Lord, that therefore in the face of a world that hates us because we are identified with Christ in union with him, no longer of this world, though we live in it, that even in the face of that, you have given us this grand, unchangeable hope, this certainty, this confidence that you will keep us, that you will guard us, that you will protect us, that you will provide everything that we need now and to the very end of our days, indeed to the very end of time, even when we will see eventually all of our enemies thrust down, unable to rise. And oh, how we look forward to that day, to the return of Christ Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, blessed Father, for such sweet assurances. And knowing, Lord, as we have heard this morning in these few moments that have just passed, that if you are for us, then who truly can be against us? Who truly has the power to take away from us what you have given to us, what you have done for us in Jesus Christ our Lord? We thank you, Father, for all such things, redeeming, salvific, to the glory of your name. In Christ Jesus, your Son, our great eternal Savior, for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Please stay.